and welcome to Living the Authentic Life. Today we are here to talk about sex trafficking and human trafficking and how we as a community can come together to create that change. And I love working with empowered women and you two are authentic empowered women and we have been through the trenches together and yet look at how beautiful and styled you are too and i um i'm so happy to welcome both of you we every week get together and we talk about purpose connection commitment and how that leads to authenticity and i couldn't do it without adam andrus he's our sound engineer he makes it all happen and you can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. I don't even know all the Half places. the things I don't have. Exactly. I'm going to get there someday. You can teach me how to fish, Danae. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing, right, is we're trying to get these Reach victims the most people. Right. that can get to a place and they can be independent. And we're not just giving them a fish, but we're teaching them to fish. Right. Of course. And so it's uh, Jonna Stallings. She is the mother of two boys, and she is an incredible attorney that has been fighting for victims' rights for so long. You're from Illinois, and you have a bachelor's in criminal justice and psychology and then graduated cum laude from South Texas College and then became a Harris County DA with consumer fraud while parenting a three-year-old. That must have been an interesting journey. And then you were offered a job at the Harris County DA's office where you worked for a prosecutor in child abuse. And then you went to private practice. And then you went to Victoria. I mean, and then now you are back in Houston. I know. And what to have you and what is tell us <laughs> what your you. title is now. What I it, am the division chief of adult sex crimes and trafficking, which means we handle the most violent serial rapists and child exploiters and sex traffickers. That kind of And you are like involved with sting operations, you know what's happening in the trenches, you see it, and you shared some of that with me. And I can't wait for you to share some of these stories with our listeners, because we as moms, I mean, we're all concerned about our kids. And Amy Pierce, we met sharing no autism together, and then we have worked together in so many different ways. You do incredible work with UNICEF. You've supported your kids' school at Audi. You are a woman of substance with Mission of Yahweh. You are a woman of distinction with Crohn's and colitis. I just try hard. You That's do. All. Just... And your heart, and the thing that I love about you is your heart is so in it. Even though you look beautiful in your dress whenever you show up, 99% of the work that you're doing is in the trenches and for the people and for the victims. And you just this year brought me to search and to see those young kids being able to go to school after being homeless. That is making a huge impact on our community to stop trafficking but houston 20 what is houston 20 tell them what we're doing oh, well, i would love to i would love to houston 20 is actually part of an even larger movement called fight for us and of course that is our survivors our victims and our survivors fight for us is an overall movement to stop sex trafficking i'd say here in houston here in texas here ultimately in the united states it's something that i, I sound like a, a commercial it has to be stopped in our lifetime most definitely but houston 20 um, fight for us movement probably started about four years ago and it has a, a legislative uh, we must change our laws 
There is a, a nonprofit aspect um, called Houston Area Against Trafficking, which incorporates its hat. Uh, about 45 or even more nonprofits have come together and are collaborating to cause change and really be a strong support for our survivors from every aspect. And then we have the Houston 20, and we came together, uh, a good friend of mine, Jennifer Homan, who has been very active and has been such a strong advocate uh, from the very beginning, uh, came together about a little, gosh, about three years ago. And um, Houston 20 is uh, just a group of influential Houstonians who um, are really galvanizing and coming together uh, to, I'll call it to fill a gap, but we really came together more as a fundraising and um, an education and awareness to really wake people up and realize this is not taking place in India and just uh, in Africa. It is here in the United States and here in our backyard. It is in the villages. It is in the heights where you are. It is right here in West Houston. U. West U. It is happening and we need to wake up and we can actually do something about it. We can get, you can get enraged, you can get angry, but if you're going to get enraged, get engaged. Really I become love that. I do too. But <laughs> you can get involved. Write that, write that down. down. <laughs> but 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 seriously, you can get involved and you can do something about it. Get educated, become aware, but we can really help prevent this. But also get involved. There are so and we'll talk about this throughout throughout our time together of how you can get involved in simple ways. And then you can also really get invested from a financial standpoint to help survivors. And then also, and we'll, and I look forward to talking about this, on the other side, which we're now really focusing on the demand side, if you get rid of the supply, hopefully the issue will begin to diminish. But really, by, uh, Houston 20 came together, uh, originally 20 of us, and then it grew to be 35, and a stronger and stronger movement has come together. But again, the key word, and I hope that we'll keep on saying this again and again and again, is collaboration and working together. We are so much stronger, rather than individual parts, as a whole, and that's how this movement has really the strong momentum, and that we are an entirely different place than we were three or four years ago here in Houston and as a state, really. And as you said, it's not limited to the 20 women. Oh, we gosh, want no. more people the, to come in definitely. that you can join by going to Fight For Us. And the other thing I love about Fight this Fight For Us.org is yes. our website. Right? We are so transparent in the way that we give money, and we are very specific. We even uh, have opportunities where, say, you can give X amount to fund uh, education for the police. You could give X amount to create a bed for someone that comes out of trafficking. We are very focused on where your money goes. And 100% of what you give goes directly to the cause. All of our events are 100% underwritten, so everything goes directly to fight trafficking. And I we love that. Work that's so, important. Yes. We work so closely with the DA's office. And tell us about some of the, uh, tell us about your journey and what that has been over the last few years and how trafficking has changed in Houston. Well, I think what Amy mentioned, what you mentioned today is about transforming your passion into action. And that's what we try to Love do on a, uh, on a daily base, on a mm -hmm. daily basis with my prosecutors and um, with our paralegals, our admins, our social workers, our investigators mm -hmm. to be collaborative. Mm -hmm. And then also with our community advocates, our nonprofit groups such as Houston 20, and to um, everyone work together to channel all of that passion into action, to take your rage, to take the frustration and put it into action, to good use. And so we try to do that every day at the DA's office. We, um, we've had several successes 
successes this year, but in trials um, mm-hmm. with and in front of judges, getting great serious prison sentences against traffickers. But how it has changed over the past years since I came back to the DA's office in 2017, and my passion is women and children, mm-hmm. and that's when when I became a lawyer in 1996 I wanted to do civil rights for women and children and um, I didn't have that opportunity in Houston so I the next best thing was prosecution and I've tried to over the years um, be an advocate to show victims you know what we're here for you we're here to vindicate you to seek justice and we are your team to go into the courtroom and make that happen and um, it's been it's been beautiful it's been tough it's been a lot of work and again it's channeling my passion into action and then sharing that with my prosecutors like here Here's how you can do it. Here's how we can vindicate victims and how we can put traffickers, sex abusers, um, sex offenders, serial rapists in prison and protect future victims from victimization and also to vindicate our current complainants. Um, So, but as far as like sex trafficking, how it's changed, it's become very collaborative. Um, Kim Og has been a visionary in the collaboration between law enforcement, prosecution, advocates, nonprofits, uh, social work, and vertical prosecution. We we are in at the ground level. Uh, I was just at an operation with law enforcement last night and Law enforcement is out there working to protect the community. And Project 180 is uh, one of Kim's visions that we would actually have law enforcement in our office working hand-in-hand with criminal analysts out of our office, prosecutors, advocates, to figure out those traffickers who would go otherwise undetected by law enforcement because we investigate misdemeanor um, arrests for prostitution, for prostitution selling, for the for the gals and guys who are out there being sold. Um, and we look to see who is trafficking this person. They don't outcry. A lot of our sex trafficking victims we know don't identify, self-identify as victims. So we take um, that, we take the information, we take the evidence, and we look to see who's benefiting, who's manipulating, who's coercing our uh, our juveniles on the street, our women, um, some men on the street. Who is forcing them, and who is benefiting and taking their money after the prostitution activity and we will file on those traffickers even where we don't have a victim who said this person did this to me so so I think it's taking it to a new level um, of investigation and prosecution and collaboration that word again where we're all working together because we're actually all on the same floor at the DA's office DPS HPD uh, precinct one the Harris County Sheriff's Office, their officers are all over there with us on a daily basis, working with the prosecutors, working with the analysts. Hatra, 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 there's everybody. And And thank goodness, it's the only way 
it's you guys can communicate and figure out who's doing what, when, where, why. Exactly. To finally to coordinate, to, to track these people down. Right, because we're not working it, in silos anymore. Right, right. It was all siloed. And I would also say, if you don't mind my, me, t t may Please, I take the ball? Yes, yes, take it. And we have found this exact same thing. And again, the beauty of collaboration with what has been happening with our nonprofits. And, and I, I shouldn't even say nonprofits. If you think about it almost as a big target and, and, and coming in together, you've got the government, but you, and you have the nonprofits who needed to work together, but you have the hospitals. We have a, 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 a healthcare consortium who have come together. Mm -hmm. All the hospitals are working together and educating people in the emergency rooms so that they can identify when someone comes in. How many times have they come in? Will the adult not leave them alone and, and mm -hmm. let them be seen so they can recognize and identify and know to ask the right questions of someone who has come in? So we have the healthcare consortium working together now. And, and then we have, um, it's wonderful, we have our corporate partners who have come together in an organization called OGTAG. It's the oil and gas, um, uh, forgive me, I've, I've got it here, it's the oil and gas traffic awareness group. And again, these are corporations who have come together. So when they're out in the oil patch, are their you know, different operations being targeted? Are people literally being brought in to service their their folks and can they do they know what to to look for are they being educated and do they so they can watch for it and so they can train their people so we, we've got the you know the corporations you've got the uh -huh. healthcare, and now we're working with chambers of commerce we're also working with our churches which is fantastic. We've got the you know a church alliance with our churches, but it's got to happen on all those levels, and 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 you, you know you talked about the vertical of working together, and I love that we finally have the services to support our our um, our victims. So when they come out of trafficking, they have what they need. They have one so to, someone to hold their hand, because they need. I I liken it when you say trauma. People are saying, well, what do you mean? It's almost a PTSD. They need mm -hmm. they need therapy. They need care someone to walk them mm -hmm. along the line and they need to have the this network of services and support so um, our great fight for us movement we have survivor leaders who have been through through the whole process who have been through the courts who have been treated as criminals when they were not they were victims and I would love your view on this but they have been through all this and they are now walking a new journey, walking, having a fresh start and walking, but they need to work with our victims to help them start this new chapter in their lives. But they have all the support. We have truckers against trafficking who are at Incredible. the truck stops to yes. help us. So we, I mean, you can't even fathom um, all the support that we have for our, our victims now. And we have, we've made so much progress and we have a ways to go. Yes. Well, and. And let's talk about the victim, because that was right. something that I feel is so misunderstood. I think we, there is certainly a victim that comes from a family where her parents are not connected to her or him. and Foster care. Fo foster care is a big, but, but victims can come from families like us. And I think that we have changed that journey. And then to also understand why these girls don't see themselves as victims and almost see their pimp as their boyfriend or the love of their well, life saving them and online the on this has just ah, mm -hmm. 
go ahead, go ahead, my friend. No, I <laughs> take I it agree. away. The the <laughs> technology has really upped the game of traffickers and manipulators and sex mm-hmm. offenders to be able to have that hold over our children, our our uh, complainants, and we find that over ninety percent of the and I'm gonna say women because it's usually women who are yes. charged with prostitution and who are usually our victims. Um, but we find that over 90% of the women who are charged with prostitution selling, that they have been previous victims of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And that we find that close to 70% of prostitution selling arrests have indicators of human trafficking. That we can actually cull out of those arrests and turn around to conduct investigations, develop a suspect, and arrest. So I have spent and a lot of time meeting over the past three years with different experts to understand the psychology of runaways of our gals Mm -hmm. who are victims of sex trafficking so we can turn around and explain it to the juries right because or to people who are just learning about it saying how can this happen how can someone from my daughter a girl from my high school be lured away by this she should be smarter no it can happen to anyone there but the grace of god go my daughter. Absolutely. It can happen to any young girl. Um, there's so much element, uh, so much manipulation of young girls through love and sex. Uh, there's also manipulation through, um, uh, the, the excitement and the allure of, um, you know, uh, having a lot of money, the, uh, concept of you know what what we see on television and in movies that's sexy the videos uh, that are on YouTube you know uh, rap and, and things like that even using I'm gonna take you shopping and absolutely it, and they haven't walked in my store or I'd be calling 911 but they take girls shopping and they buy them something that they haven't had it's a long process it isn't a moment that right. you're abducted that's it a is great point years of grooming and them gaining trust because you Slowly. can sell a victim multiple times and you can only sell a drug once right isn't a girl is a renewable resource. Renewable resource, oh, which is just a crazy just, thought. It's Sorry, it's so disgusting. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's but, horrible, but, which is why they utilize girls and women, uh, because they are a renewable and, resource. And boys. And boys. boys. Right. We've got it. We, yeah. And there are boys oh. out there, and especially um, the, the younger boys and teenagers is where uh, we see a lot of boys becoming victims of trafficking, of child exploitation uh, online and, and through these different social media apps like Grindr and things like that, where they fall prey to uh, to predators and so it is important you know going back to the family and to to being a parent to maintaining that communication and explaining that manipulation how it can occur don't be scared as a parent just be aware and educate yourself and educate your child this can happen it's a bad thing it's not something that we want but this is reality this is where we are right now and this is how you can protect yourself but talk about it and it's hard. It's hard. It we hard. didn't grow up this way. Right. But it's, it's where we are right now. Knowledge is power. Knowledge mm-hmm. is always power. And when you right. understand how other people operate and the psychology behind it, you are so much better equipped to deal with right. that manipulation. And be like, I already know what game you're playing. 
Well, and, and, and that is one thing. Um, I'm so proud of my partner, Jennifer Homan, and someone that she works very closely with, John Clark. They have spoken with more than 30,000 parents in different groups and schools. And that's one thing that we ask our Houston 20 members is please help us get into your school to speak mm-hmm. to parent groups. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's we think of it as dirty and bad. It's not. We How, how can we fight something we don't know about? And, and I use the word fight. How can you just, uh, you know, you, you teach your children good things to eat. They might not like Brussels sprouts or broccoli, but they need to know it's good for them. And That's we talk all. about not using drugs and right, not right. using not smoking alcohol and, and vapes, the new the thing. Egg. We've yes. got to teach them so they can arm themselves. Them. And so we ask you, I mean, something today, if you're watching this, help us get into your school. If, ta- if you have a good relationship with your vice principal or your principal, help us get into your school to talk to your parents. And we have, we have uh, conversations and, and presentations we can also give to, your student, to the students at all levels just to prepare them and educate them about what's going on and to make, make this your friend and how to be smart about it. And it's the right thing to do, but it's also the smart thing to do. Absolutely, because you have long-term. You. Sorry, no, you can didn't. you tell I'm passionate about no, this? No, absolutely, <laughs> and the long-term effects yes. that can come with the communications online and getting involved with the wrong people. Right. Yeah. And I have had this conversation multiple times with my daughter, and she was embarrassed at first that I would talk about it. And some moms I would mention it to would look down or look away or walk away and not want to be engaged in it. But uh, there's a reality that this is not just, when, we, when I saw pictures of pimps, it wasn't just the guy that you would expect, no offense, Adam, uh, that it's guys, but it's girls too. It's women. It happens in our churches, our schools. They're oftentimes kids, and when you watch um, Filthy Rich about um uh, what's his name? Epstein. Epstein. Jeffrey he Epstein. recruited girls to recruit other girls. So it's not like you just have to look at that person over it there. It could be the head cheerleader. The... It can be. It could be anyone at your school, and she will recruit others, so she doesn't have to be the one. And yeah. there's so much education out there that we're learning about to create more conversations, and that's something we can address at fightforus.org we can offer value with that let's talk a little bit about the victims and how they exit the life we've done so much to try to like when you go and this girl is a victim but she doesn't know she's a victim and she might be high because they've given her drugs to numb the situation how does that process work to get to where we're trying to bring them to life and reintegrate them. Well, Amy made a great point about the healthcare piece and the forensic nursing piece is so important to uh, to law enforcement, to prosecution, to the investigation, and also to just the, the emotional well-being of uh, our victims because they need that care and attention provided by a forensic nurse who can make sure they're okay with STD testing, um, providing the opportunity to talk about what's happened, because that's what a forensic nurse does as well. With all of our victims, they will sit down and have a conversation and, and the opportunity for the victim to tell what happened to her to a medical uh, 
personnel, to medical personnel, who can then decide what treatment that person needs. So that's so important. Law enforcement utilizes forensic nurses mm -hmm. on scene during their operations, and that is always the mm -hmm. first question to their victims is, would you like the opportunity to go and see a, a nurse? And um, so, you know, sh she can check you out and make sure you're okay. And then um, what we have done is uh, we work with Texas Forensic Nurse Examiners. I don't mm -hmm. know if you all are familiar yes. with them, yes. but they're mobile forensic nurses. Yes. Um, we, and I work with St. Luke's Friends of Nursing. And so there's a, a part right. of what we're doing there right. and they're, connected to this. Right. And they are a part of uh, St. Luke's. They mm -hmm. operate in all of their clinics. Mm -hmm. um, they utilize St. Luke's if they have a victim who needs more care than mm -hmm. just a forensic nurse. Um, if their medical situation is so dire that they actually mm -hmm. need to go to the hospital, uh, they'll go to take them to St. Luke's. TXFNE or Texas Forensic Nurse Examiners has also started an adult forensic interviewing program, which allows the uh, like our participants in Project 180, our uh, prostitution um, uh, sellers who mm -hmm. have been charged with um, misdemeanor prostitution um, activities, we give them the opportunity to get their case dismissed. Mm -hmm. They go and meet with an adult forensic interviewer. They have the opportunity um, to talk about current victimization, previous victimization. That's safe space mm -hmm. and a trauma-informed environment and trauma-informed uh, discussion to talk about what's happened to him or her and we have we're finding that these these women and men are opening up and talking about their previous victimization or their current traffickers and law enforcement is also able to assist them through that and then they also have advocates right. that they're then turned over to so and then they can get std testing they can have mm -hmm. the medical piece so Again, the collaboration and working together and providing all those services, one-stop shopping, kind of like the Children's um, Assessment Center yes. and modeling how we treat adults on how we treat children and that it needs to be total person, um, you know, caring for their psychology, for, you know, providing counseling, providing for the medical portion, the forensic interviewing, law enforcement, prosecution all in one one kind of um, uh, one-stop shop. And so it's, it's a new way of thinking about uh, trafficking and how we investigate and, and how can we take care of our victims. And I who may also be charged with, with a with crime. crime. Exactly. And helping them because inevitably, and you would know this far more than I, I just remember from the legislative session in 2019 and some of the laws we were trying to get passed, is how to ensure inevitably their pimp would have them sell drugs or something so they would have a criminal charge on them. And that's one way to keep them um, you know, captured in this bubble. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so. And, and, and it's and, the us against them. It's exactly. that law enforcement that mentality. is bad. Right. Absolutely. And it's that they have been through. I think that before I learned about this, I thought of a prostitute being Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Oh, and because that you know, she lived in an apartment and maybe it wasn't great, but she made this choice. And we have talked about this. That is not the journey. It is more about thinking about a woman or a young boy who has been raped multiple times by someone and who is probably using drugs to numb that PTSD that they're going through. And they are coming out of that and being told that police are bad and could take them away. 
and it's not like they're waiting with open arms to come through this process. Well, so it's so much of a understanding the journey. Right, and that's why they continually mm-hmm. return to the same behaviors and think that they're choosing that, but they're really not mm-hmm. because of the trauma they've experienced. And so that kind of goes back to the experts who I've been talking we've to. Been talk- we've been talking, a lot of people can relate to it almost as a Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. But right. let's realize no girl growing up says, I want to be a prostitute when I grow up. Does anyone ever know? They want to be president. They want to be, they, you know, they want to be a teacher. They want, everyone has aspirations when they're, they want to be a fireman. They want to be a doctor. No one says, you know, I want to be a prostitute when I grow up. I want to be a sex slave. No. No. <laughs> Let's remember that. And, and I, I'm very proud of so many of the, um, Organizations I've had the honor to get to know and work work with. Um, there's and, and I'm sure you work with them. Uh, the Landing oh, is right. out there. Um, the Landing. Uh, Rescue Houston, Rescue America. They are on the phones. They are they have the hotlines and they are talking with people and saying we are here for you. What can we do to help you? And and it might take six or seven times. Elijah Rising. They have volunteers. They are they are at the strip clubs. You know they are there saying, we are here to support you. We will be here for you. We will walk with you. We have survivors who are here to help you, and we have everything that you need, and we will not just be here for a day, or we will be here for a year. We, will, we have what you need, and if it's not today, then we'll be, be here tomorrow. I think it's breaking down the wall slowly, there, right? And, and it might take a while, like you right. said, for them to realize. And then um, some of you and I were just talking about, and. It's, they need to feel safe. They need to make sure that their pimp is locked away and cannot come get them. Because inevitably he says, or she, I will kill you. I will come after your family. And they've got to know they are safe and, and no one can come after them. And so it might take that, that to happen before they are truly ready to come. And I, to, to our wraparound, I keep on our wraparound services, but that's how I feel. I feel that we've got the family and the services here in Houston that they need. And we did not have those, but we have them now. Let's talk about the other part of the journey, the Johns. Let's talk about mm. growing up with a phone. I was Googling that song by Carly B. W.A.P. or in the lyrics of it and then I put in is this promoting sex trafficking and I then got porn on my phone pulled up by what I googled and I think and there's so many chances that porn comes onto kids and then we're desensitizing this is something we've been talking about so there's all and then we're saying this is okay and for so long I mean this is the oldest profession, and that's what people say to me, Danae, how are you going to change the oldest profession? Let's talk about that misnomer. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Well, you know, I, and I, if I can say right now, there is a wonderful, we have, as, as we kind of talked about our movement, and we've been focusing so much on making sure we had the services necessary to provide for our survivors, to provide the care that they need and the capacity that, that we did not have. And, and we are getting there. The, the gap has not been filled. We still need to work on that, but we're making progress. 
but so many people now that they're educated and aware, like I said, we've, we've got to take care of the demand side to make sure the supply isn't there. If the supply goes away, then or the demand, you know, the demand goes away. And so we do need to go after the Johns. We do need to address this issue. And there are several organizations now and, and the churches are really beginning to attack this. Thank God. No pun intended. Uh, but there's an organization. <laughs> Gosh, that was kind of clever. I've had my two cups of coffee. Uh, but there are several organizations going after the demand side. Um, Children at Risk actually have a seminar tomorrow talking about demand. And then Love People, Not Pixels. Yes. Love People, Not Pixels. And they're talking about porn and desensitizing. And I didn't realize by the time you were nine years old, boys, have seen a certain amount of porn and then it just it escalates it escalates by 11 by 13 and and it de like you were saying it desensitizes you and most importantly and this the saddest thing i think is you get to a certain point as a young man that you think certain behaviors are what your partner desires and wants so when you finally find your partner in life you probably have several misconceptions of what a normal healthy marriage and sex life is and it's, it's, I'll say wrong, and it's unfortunate. Um, and, it's, and it's because of porn and their access to, their easy access to it. Um, Houston 20, and again, I'll give kudos to my partner, Jennifer Homan, and, and John Clark, and our survivor community, and actually the grassroots activation of the Houston 20 helped take on some of the federal legislation uh, Oh my gosh, was that three years ago? And they went up to Washington, D.C. and did good old grass lobbying. And I think a lot of the online sites had their attorneys and their lobbyists hired and thought it was in the bag. And it was they, called Backpage. That was one back of the biggest page. ones. Exactly. Right. And that was advertising. That wasn't porn. That was actually advertising, online advertising for sex uh, with kids. Sex, sex with kids, minors, mm -hmm. and right. And, um, and it had been a long time since someone had literally gone around knocking on doors and visiting with legislators. And we had our survivors with, with them to tell their stories of this is really happening. This is why it is wrong. And we won. Uh, I, 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 the movement won. These not, I, I can. We all, we, we all won. We all won. Yes. And it was important legislation to take down some of these web pages. But of course, other ones have popped up immediately. And there's been just the proliferation of pornography. And it's because, darn it, this darn, <laughs> this, it's because you can you can tape something so easily now and get it out there on all these channels. And there's not enough filters. And that's, again, something that our movement could, should, would, can, will uh, take on. And we just need volunteers to help us do so. I'm sorry, you talk. No, this is great. <laughs> no, and no, no. And, and the demand, but on the demand side, and Love People Not Pixels, they are training defenders and advocates to go meet the Johns as they are being arrested, as they are being arrested, saying, can we help you? Mm -hmm. You have an addiction. What we've got to realize is porn is an addiction. Just like alcohol, gambling was recognized as an addiction not all that long ago, porn can become an addiction. And it can get to a point where you have to watch porn to enjoy a healthy sex life, which is uh, an unfortunate well, we thing. we stopped so, those robots from coming to Houston. Robots, yes, yes. That was you. That was Go, great. Girl, tell us all about <laughs> it. Tell us you stopped the robots. It was crazy, which is just nuts. Uh, talk about something in the future, but it was happening right here. It was. It was. Oh. And you know, um, 
talking about porn, it actually there are studies that show that it actually changes the brain chemistry. Yes. Of oh of the person who watches it, and when you know if you Google that, you can read those. Please those Google studies. it, everybody. Yes. Google it, please. It mothers, really does. Mothers, it really fathers, does. and help our boys. Help, uh, girl. Uh, help, and this yeah. starts with our our boys when they're young. You know, age nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you have to do it. You know, from the time they're babies onward, we want our boys to grow up to be men who don't think it's acceptable to that it's the oldest profession. Just we want them. We want them to right. grow up and think that it's it's gross to want to buy sex from a woman, to use a woman or a person. Um, that that's that's unacceptable, and so it has to do with with changing uh, or. We're creating healthy perceptions of women from very young ages. And it also has to do with training and going into the schools and educating right. parents and then educating these boys. You know, it's not okay to ask for a it's picture. It's part of the conversation. It's right. part of the discussion. It's right. part of the... Right. right. So last night, craziest conversation. Sweet Bella, she hates it when I overshare. <laughs> but we were talking about kissing, and she's in eighth grade, and when kissing's gonna happen, and we said, don't ever kiss a girl in front of a boy. And she said, okay, I don't plan on doing that. And I shared that when I, and I was hanging out with a, people, a group of people that I felt were successful, good people, one guy in our group would pay my friends to kiss each other in front of him and give him $100. And I never let him do that. And Bella said, a hundred bucks mom why wouldn't you do that and I said because it victimizes a woman mm -hmm. because when a man pays you to watch you to do, do something, something sexual for him it makes you a victim and it takes away your empowerment and you right. should never allow that to happen and what an odd a conversation, conversation to have with a 13 year old make a moral decision and I immediately look at me I grabbed my phone Someone can tape that so easily, it will go viral, and that's something you can never get back. That's the something. That's what we've got to teach our kids. But you're right. You taught her the moral lesson there, which is so important. It Thank is. You. Well, like a conversation I had with my 15-year-old, and he had just met a young lady that he likes a lot, and uh -huh. he told me that he, they had the conversation already where he told her up front, um, I don't share pictures of you good. know that kind of stuff yeah. like uh -huh. you know penis and uh, and she said good because I don't either and he's like great so you know he's unfortunately having to have this conversation or feels yes. he needs to right because or almost now that men need to get a signature sometimes so the pendulum is so <laughs> extreme as much for the guys as for the girls and that's a whole nother discussion sure but to to know that they can talk about it is is so good and just even to teach kids that their body, and this goes back to faith, this goes back to just honoring yourself so, and having mm -hmm. value that right. you're worth more. But There's, I love that you use the word empowering. By setting down rules, you've empowered, they are empowering each other. That's, I'm going to write that down. Right. But you're right. That they can walk out the door and know, I don't have to do that and I'm not going to. I like the knowledge about it. Uh-huh. Is an important first step. And then the second step, which is I'm not gonna lose a piece of myself because you want something from me, you know? And and retaining the essence of yourself forever and knowing as you look back on your life, um, when you were young, when you were 14, 15, or when you're 25, that you set certain standards. And so I think it's important for parents to have those conversations um, with their children that it's okay to have those standards for yourself. And it's okay 
okay to make mistakes and to know that your parents are here to support you. And that's so much. And I loved this discussion. I talked to Kim Og uh, this weekend before you and I talked. And she said, people aren't bad. Their choices are bad. And Uh I think that is, and I've been through this with my daughter is, Looking at her class, you know, you're going, who are the good kids? Who are the bad kids? She's like, Mom, no kids are bad. Some people have just made bad choices. And I said, that's so true. Like, I'm working so much on understanding purpose, commitment, connection. And I think true connection is feeling seen and heard without judgment. And I think that's what we're doing with these victims of trafficking. If we let them know that they are seen and heard without judgment and we are here to help them, that we can change the community. And for these men who are addicted to sex, and for these women who are addicted to sex, and for them for all the journeys they went through that made them think that they could sell sex and that that was okay, is that we're not all here to condemn you. We're just here to make our community better. Well, and every day is a new day. And I try to, whenever I've had uh, conversations with some of our victims who have been charged with a crime and they want to meet with, with us or they want to meet with a forensic interviewer. And when I've had those meetings with them, I've told them, you know, every day is a new day. This does not define you, right? Everybody makes mistakes. You can choose to be anything you want to be. Your whole life is ahead of you still. So this does not define you. I think that's so important to reiterate with um, our victims of sex trafficking. And again, no judgment, right? Because everybody's on a different path. And and so many of our victims have experienced horrible things in their life. Um, And we've, we've all made bad decisions, poor decisions at some point. That's what's created us to be the people God made us to be. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I human. found in, um, in, in change, in creating ch- positive change uh, th- throughout all, all the, th- you know, the times we've skinned our knee throughout our life, so often you, you waste so much energy trying to fight the old, whether mm-hmm. it's old laws, an organization the way it's been run in the past, or even family dynamics. Instead, if you want to make change, focus on creating the new. And I'm just thinking with our survivors, you're trying to fight the old. And, and we have found it, even in this movement, on trying to fight the old, the infrastructure. And instead, we realized the way to make true change is just creating the new. And that's how this movement has really made progress. And, and you know, I, I, I'm just thinking, and one more issue that I really wanted us to touch on when we were talking about, you know, enrage, engage, um, another area um, that people uh, that we are really focusing on is shutting down so many of these massage parlors and, mm-hmm. and the spas that we've realized are brothels. Mm-hmm. That's another area of victims that we need to help. That's hard sometimes to lure them out and and, and they, people and, say, why don't you just go close them? Yeah, and, and it's, it's not human that trafficking. Simple. And no, they might have come it. from other countries here with the promise of a job, and now they're in. Yes. But, but we are finding ways instead of fighting the old. We've created new ways to be able to work with law enforcement. Mm-hmm to be able to do that. And that's in every neighborhood. There are over 300 in this, in, in Houston, in this little area alone. And we are finding ways to do that in we, our neighborhoods. And you, we can all, you we have can to. Do it. We right. can do it. And we it, can. it's incumbent on us and our, and our neighborhood for us to be able to go to the commercial real estate people and say, hey, this is in my neighborhood. And then we can engage with the law enforcement to make it happen. But again, 
finding new ways to do it. We've yeah. been we've been working with the Chinese Community Center yes. yeah. to uh, to help um, anyone who's in that situation who's a victim to find a way out of it and to you know so that they're culturally embraced um, speaking their own language and feeling comfortable um, from their own community you know right. in the neighborhoods um, potentially uh, but that's so important to provide the the survivor um, uh, who's been there done that to like here's how here's I, I get what's happening with you, and I understand. And here's how I can help you. Give to them a sense of belonging. Exactly. And like, I'm not dignity. alone. Dignity. Yes. I'm not you alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. And then we rely on you to make sure that the owner is not able to shut down and open up somewhere else. Well, and we're working with our commercial real estate to get them involved. It's real estate. But, it's county attorney's office. Yes. It's DA's office. It's law yeah. enforcement. Again, so collaborative. And again, it goes back to um, sex buying and changing that mentality. United Against Human Trafficking. I don't know if y'all are familiar they're with them. Of, they're part of our fight for us. The hat. They're part awesome. of the hat. Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. So We're here for you, girl. Awesome. <laughs> they have a 10-week program for sex buying uh, that they're beginning. I think it's probably going to be November. So we're going to be working with them because my division is going to be taking over the uh, sex buying offenses at the district attorney's office and so one of our programs that we're working on is with United Against Human Trafficking this 10 week changing perceptions and how you think about sex and prostitution and pornography through this program that they're starting so we're pretty excited working with United Against Human Trafficking I didn't even know see all these it's like an onion all these layers and the government helping and I mean it's it is beautiful there's so much good news to share I I mean that's one reason I'm so glad to be on the podcast there is so much good news we're making progress and again we still have work to do and that's why we need everyone to be involved if you can and I mean one thing I should say and Danae you know this we've got the Houston 20 we have the Katy 20 we have the Woodlands Conroe 20 Fort Worth 20 is starting to get involved we want to have a Dallas San Antonio I want to I'm from El Paso I want an El Paso 20 we you know and it just takes a few pe- passionate people wanting to galvanize their community and get the movement started because everyone needs to know about this. Everyone right. needs to know. It's innovation, like we've been talking about, and not accepting the status quo. Yes. And not just sitting back and letting things wash over you. It's it's getting up and be like, you know what? I've got some ideas of things that we can do differently. We don't have to accept the right. status quo, like a trafficking court. And we have the I've, Austin 20, forgive me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hello. Yeah. Um, so I've been talking with the judges about starting a trafficking court. I've been talking with um, Congressman Poe about uh, legislation for a trafficking court, making it work uh, mandatory in certain populations in Texas. Just for that zero laser and Can you imagine uh, someone who is... And then the judge would have the expertise to know all of the information that goes into this because to educate even a judge on the details of this and the journey of it is so complicated. So that would be a huge victory. Well, ladies, we have reached the end of oh the podcast gosh, already. No. Time but flies I, you're having fun. I know. Exactly. So I am I, not putting you on the spot, but I am. I would love to do this monthly or at least every other month because there's so much to share. There's so many new things coming out. There's so many out. experts I'd love for you to bring in and yes. advocates and, and, and people talking who, about this. Right. And, um, and yes. if you can also, I mean, people send me uh, DMs at the Vintage Contest on Instagram and just say, how can I get involved and I'll be 
posting things on my stories of what's happening. You can also go to Houston 20 uh, to learn more about it. But we are all in this together. We are welcoming to more people. This is something we want to keep communicating about, and yes. we want to know what you want to hear. So if you listen to this and there's something you want to hear, you can leave a comment on Facebook, and we'll get back to you, or you can reach out to any of us. And, and we we'll have nonprofits. We have so many people that will know the answers because I'm blonde. I don't know the answers, but I know people <laughs> who can get you the answers, right? I know people. Right, exactly. I know people who can exactly. get you the answers. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to thank talk you, about ladies. this important yes. subject. Yes. Thank, you. thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. I'm, thank you, my friend. Until next week, you guys have a great week, week living the authentic life.